I'm Romy Newman, the co-founder and president of Fairy God Boss, and this is Fairy God Boss Radio. Welcome to Fairy God Boss Radio. Today, I am joined by a team of mentors and friends from General Motors, Adrian Dudka and Tammy DeWilt and brilliant engineers from General Motors, Nora Ricon, Cecilia Noyen, and Andrea Hidalgo. We're so excited to have you here today. Hi, thank you for having us. Thank you. Nora, I'm going to go to you first. Tell us about you mm-hmm. and your role. I am currently a structural development engineer, i.e. I'm a test engineer in structural development and durability. So I've been in this role for the last eight years and with General Motors actually for a total of 18 years, including some internships. But basically, I test the structural integrity of the vehicle as you interact with it. So when you slam your door or open and close your hoods, I I set up tests to do that. And for many, many cycles, many days and months and weeks in different environments to make sure that it never breaks in your hands when you do it. Thank goodness. And Andrea, (laughs) what do you do? Tell us about you. I'm a diesel engine calibrator. I've been doing that for uh, nine years now. I specifically work on four-cylinder diesel engines, and I'm currently I'm responsible for torque model, speed control, and cruise control. So our software gets written by the software teams, and then the calibration teams for each uh, engine and each program, uh, we tune the software to optimize emissions, drivability, and fuel economy, and make sure that we get the best balance of all of those. Well, I love to talk to ladies who are on the front lines in a profession that was traditionally viewed as a man's job. So I'm really interested to know about what attracted you to engineering, automotive engineering. Andrea, why don't you go first? Uh, Sure. So growing up, I always really liked uh, working with my hands, uh, crafts, puzzles, things like that. And my dad had an interest in cars. And so Based on that, I also started developing an interest in cars probably around, I'd say, middle school. Um, I didn't know what an engineer was, so I knew that I liked cars. I thought I wanted to go into the automotive industry, so I kind of considered a vocational route. But uh, then I went to math and science engineering high school in New York City. It's a, a public school, Brooklyn Tech. And so that's where I learned about engineering and what engineers do. And so that's when I decided, okay, I want to try to do this. In college, I still wasn't certain about it. You know, there was a lot of classes required, but I joined the SA Baja team, which is a club that builds a car. And that for me was like, okay, I for sure want to do automotive and engineering. So cool. And Nora, how about you? What made you interested in this career? You know, a little similar. Like, I also love to work with my hands and was into crafts and putting things together and taking them apart, trying to figure out how they worked and how to make them better. And I always loved math too, really good at it. Um, And my dad, he also had an interest in cars. He was a mechanic himself. He used to, you know, tear cars up and put them back together and refurbish them. And that's where my interest in, in cars came as well. But I didn't know what an engineer was until I was in high school. A counselor sent me to an engineering camp my junior year of high school, you know, she was like, Hey, I know you love math and you're really good at it. And you're really good at science. You've got aptitude for this. I want you to try this engineering camp. And I said, sure. And I went and I fell in love with what engineering was at this camp and realized that this was me, that, 
you know, everything that I loved about math and science and building things and tearing them apart and trying to understand how they worked. Like, this is how my mind worked. And I knew that artistically I was into vehicles and, and how they worked. And my favorite projects at the camp were the ones that we did on cars. So then when I was in college, General Motors um, was at one of the ship Hispanic professional engineers convention that I attended. And they just put on such amazing presentations on, on what they did, you know, and they were also passionate and really loved what they did. And I knew right then and then that that is the company that I wanted to work for. Cecilia, when did you decide you wanted to be a software developer? I was in high school. I actually didn't have a lot of software background at all. Didn't know how to code. I was kind of doing something a little bit unconventional and just like doing art (laughs) and like photography a lot in high school. And then I realized, you know, the software that I was using to like edit photos, like Photoshop, Illustrator, those were really cool. And I wanted to kind of be involved in that. Like, I just wanted to know like how that software worked. And, you know, it came to the time when I was like a senior in high school, I had to choose what I wanted to do. And I was like, I'm going to figure out this computer science stuff, this coding stuff and see um, where it would take me. It's funny because at first you might not think that an artist or a photographer would become a software developer, but actually I've spoken to quite a few people who've sort of made that leap or bridge that gap. So that's really cool. And then how did you end up in the automotive industry? I think what really sold me on going with General Motors is because I was able to take a tour of their work site. And something that I really look forward in a company is if they hire a lot of younger folks to relate to. And I found that there were a lot of new college hires right off the bat that did cool things like a lot of like front end work, um, like had a little bit of art involved. And so I was just like, General Motors is cool. Like there's young people here and like the benefits are great. So I chose this company. That's great. And I think that wouldn't be my expected picture of General Motors is like lots of young people. So it's really exciting to hear that's what you found. There are few companies in America that are better known or more storied than General Motors. Adrian, what made you decide to pursue your career there? So for me, I was born and raised in Michigan, um, and GM is a respected organization, always has been. I've respected it. And um, I was really looking for a career and not just necessarily a job. And GM, especially under the Leadership of Mary Barra really provides that opportunity for women to excel in the automotive space. And I have a passion for the industry. And so that's why I decided to join GM. I have to agree with Adrienne um, on her comments um, around being in the Michigan area and kind of being that legacy type company. But I will say um, from my career standpoint, the interest in the labor relations space and getting that ability to work with the UAW was initially the reason I was intrigued by joining. Um, But then once I got through the interview process, the company culture is really what brought me in. Um, I can't tell you how many times I was laughing throughout the interview, which is rare, right? And it just signaled to me what type of culture the company has. Um, And I still, to this day, being here over 10 years, laugh every day um, and have fun in my job. And that is extremely important to me, um, along with the endless opportunities and the exciting future that the company is holding. Wow, Tammy, I love that. And Adrian, I do have to confess that if I were asked who my one person I got to meet was, it would definitely be Mary Barra. She's just an amazing CEO. You know, personally, what I think is so extraordinary about her is 
the amazing performance that General Motors and transformation that General Motors has shown under her leadership. On its own, it's amazing, but it really gives credence to the phenomenal performance that female CEOs can deliver. So I love using her as an example. Absolutely. Nora and Andrea, now you've both been there a long time. Frankly, with your skill set, you could work anywhere. What is it that you love about working at General Motors? What keeps you there? Nora, I'll go first to you. Truly the people. I mentioned that I was recruited at a ship convention and the recruiters are the ones that truly geared me towards this company. Obviously, there are other automotive companies, but just their passion and what they did, the way they worked with each other, everybody was always building each other up and not tearing each other down, but working together. And the fact that this company was as involved in SHIP and recruiting Latinos in STEM is something I was really passionate about. And the 15 years that I have been here as a um, since I graduated college as a full-time employee, I have also had the opportunity to be involved in recruiting at this organization and other Latino STEM events. So I really got to mesh two passions together as well. You know, this reaching out and helping out my community and getting more females and Latinos into engineering roles, but also work with amazing people that are incredibly passionate about what they do. And, and then really lastly, I truly feel that I get to do all of those things and be my whole self at the company, but there's a passion for me in this product, you know, from day one, May, when I, I drive a Camaro oh. myself, I truly have a passion for the products that we make. Like everything that we make, I think is beautiful and just beautifully engineered and amazing. Like I see some of our vehicles down the road and they've given me shows back then and still today. So to me, that's also important. Just that passion in the product. Love it. Andrea, what kind of car do you drive? So being a calibrator, I spend a lot of time in our calibration vehicles. So I guess my daily driver, which I don't daily drive, is a Saab 92X Aero. Um, and our other car is a Volt. So my husband and I, he mostly works from home. So we mostly drive the Volt, which I love. That's awesome. So what is it that you love about working at General Motors? Similar to what Nora said about what drew me to General Motors, right? My first interaction was the recruiting team at the national conference and just seeing how that team meshed together and they were so excited about their work and their company. And that's just what really made General Motors stand out above all the other companies at this giant career fair. But still today, for me, it's still having that team, right? Because I I love that I'm supported and even encouraged to do these recruiting activities and other volunteering activities. I'll mentor a high school robotics team in Detroit, and I feel very much supported and even encouraged to do that. So even though sometimes I have to leave work early, um, my boss has always been super supportive. And the other thing is we have these like GM behaviors, and I really do think we live up to most of them. And, And one of them is be inclusive. Another one is winning with integrity. And for me, I feel like from day one that, you know, everyone's passionate about working on what we're working on, but also doing it with integrity and doing it the right way and really making the best product possible in the best way without taking any shortcuts. I love that. Admire that there. That's well said. You have another value as a company or a practice, which is called work appropriately. Can you tell us what does that mean, work appropriately, and how do you apply it to your work day? Yeah, so 
I think it's an awesome initiative um, that we have been taking on. And I'll say that flexibility for myself and for my team is extremely important. I am the mother of a toddler, um, so family to me is top priority. For me, for myself, my team knows I'm an early riser, and that's when I focus on getting caught up. Um, but I also have a strict end time in my day. I set those boundaries for myself to make sure I can spend the quality time I'm looking for with our son. And I have to stick to those. So in knowing that the GM leadership team supports working appropriately and the flexibility within someone's role, it just helps make it a part of our everyday culture. And I'm so thankful that we are operating in this capacity. I mean, same thing for me too. Um, it's setting those boundaries, making sure you stick to them. But prior to, you know, having this conversation today, I was able to go and take my dogs for a walk and clear my head for a second. And for me, that's important, right? Because I just needed that quick break in the middle of the day to really kind of be able to reflect and regroup to kind of accomplish the rest of what I've got going on. And so I tell my team the exact same thing, which is like, there's life outside these doors of General Motors and we have to take care of ourselves and take care of our families first. And so work appropriately means being able to do that. And I'm thankful for that. I love it. Nora, what does it mean for you? Absolutely similar. I love the ability and the inclusion because everybody works differently. You know, some people are more effective when they go in, into an office. Some people are more effective at home or, you know, some of our jobs require a hybrid mix. And just that inclusivity of allowing everybody to work in their most effective and best manner that not just works for their personal style, but even their, their family and their personal life, because everybody is also going through different things in, in their life and different stages. For me, myself, I'm also a new mom. I have a toddler that's 18 months and work appropriately couldn't come at a better time <laughs> as I was trying to figure out what it means to be a working mother, you know, in a job where I'm traditionally there five days a week, you know, 40 hours four years ago, right? Not anymore. So just being able to have that trust and that flexibility to find the hours of the day that work not just best for me and my job, but also for my family and my little baby girl. Amazing. Speaking of, how do you practice self-care? There's so much talk right now about burnout. How do you make sure to prioritize yourself and take care of yourself to avoid burnout? So for me, self-care is about balance, which I will admit and say that I'm still working on and continue to work on every single day. But what I found, at least for me, I start my day with a gratitude journal entry. It just kind of helps me keep things in perspective. And then I like to end my day with a walk. I need to do something to get outside, especially as we're working appropriately and working from home now more. I just need to get out of my office space. So I reflect on the day. And, you know, at the end of the day, I also just like to go get my nails done. And that's an important part of taking care of myself. And getting pampered. <laughs> exactly. Time and prioritizing yourself is really important. Exactly. Tammy, how about you? How do you practice self-care? So I have to tack on to the nail conversation because <laughs> I can't deny that we help pick out each other's nail colors. Me so um, that is how I, from a self-pampering perspective, <laughs> But I do say it goes back to the flexibility piece, right? And setting those boundaries. So it's all about what makes sense for you. And Romy, I think you hit on a really key point. Flexibility to people means something different for everyone. So it's that trust to determine what that means for you and having that balance um, in your day. So I do use calendar blocks. If you don't put a block on your calendar for time you need for yourself, either to decompress 
and or get caught up on things, people will take over your calendar. So that's kind of a key item that I use for myself to make sure I do have that time allotted when needed for that decompression. So how do you practice self-care, Nora, between your job, your baby? How do you find time (laughs) to practice self-care? I try and make just time for me into doing some of the things that refresh and take care of my body and my mind, right? I am into working out every day and just making sure I spend some time every day doing something that, you know, is good for my mind, body, and soul, which sometimes difficult to get it in there with a baby, but with actually with work appropriately, it's a lot easier because I can flex my day around and make sure that in a day I've spent some time taking care of myself and it's not all just go, 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 run, 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 work, baby, husband, everything. But I have that flexibility to move my day around and make sure that I'm getting in a workout or I'm now and then even treating myself to say a massage or a facial or something that, you know, is just for me and I can just disconnect for an hour and make sure I've got that space and stay sane and healthy for my family. Love it. Andrea, how about you? How do you practice self-care? Like Nora said, the work appropriately thing has made it quite a bit easier to have a work-life balance. So for me, I take breaks throughout the day. If I'm working from home, my husband and I will walk over to the coffee shop. It's five or six blocks away and we'll grab some coffee and take a walk home. And it's just a nice way to have like a little break in the middle of the morning there. And that's kind of how I stagger my little breaks and when I'm home. That sounds so nice. All right. Well, I would love to ask you each to tell us what you think your biggest career achievement has been at General Motors. Nora, would you like to take that first? Difficult question for me um, when I think of everything we achieved for the company, but what comes to mind as my biggest achievement is actually a personal achievement for me at General Motors. I started in manufacturing, which already automotive is considered or thought to be, you know, a male dominated field. I see that changing every day, by the way, but manufacturing even so more. And when I first stepped into a plant and I found myself as a minority in many ways, you know, in the biggest way of being a female, I struggled to perform, you know, as I was a supervisor of union employees, um, all male, all 50 and above. And I was struggling thinking that in order to achieve results and be a good leader in this field that I needed to act like the men that were succeeding or working around me, you know, have a louder voice and a louder presence. And that was very difficult for me because it wasn't working and it wasn't working because it wasn't me. And my biggest achievements when I realized that who I was and especially the type of leader that I was as a female, you know, empathetic and softer and able to connect better with my employees, even though they were more accustomed to be in a male environment and to have males as supervisors. It's actually what led me to succeed as a leader, but to take my team to a different level when we were able to bring this line up and running and increase the production of it by 200 times when nobody thought that could be done. And I had no maintenance experience to do it, but in empowering the people that worked for me and with me and just being, again, who I was, an empathetic leader who listened, they were able to 
do this accomplishment under my leadership. So to me, that's my biggest accomplishment, just figuring out that who I was as a female is exactly what I and the company needed to succeed. Love that. And well done. Andrea, how about you? So when I joined the Diesel Calibration Group, uh, we were just starting to ramp up work on the 2016 Chevy Colorado. And we were going to all new software that hadn't been used in the U.S. before, so different requirements. And me and my whole team, we worked super hard on it, and we made it. We made it to our deadline. We had very uh, little issues there at the end, and we launched what I think was an amazing truck. And the nice thing about calibration is when you read the reviews in like the car magazines and the car websites, they're writing about what they feel when they drive this vehicle. And we, as a team, we were able to read all these, this feedback and say like, wow, we directly impacted that. And we ended up uh, selling more that first year than we expected to. So that was a really fun project to be in that I'm super proud about. Feels so good to make an impact and really see your work accomplished and received by the consumer for sure. That's amazing, good for you. Cecilia, the biggest accomplishments you've had since you've been with General Motors? I've only been at General Motors for a year and a half now, and I feel like I have learned so much. I think that one of my accomplishments is like working on features that are like customer facing, like anything that I create actually reaches the consumers. I just work on this platform called ShopClick Drive, where we're like selling cars to people online. And the changes I've made has reached consumers and has helped increase sales at General Motors. So yeah, that's one of my greatest achievements so far. It's really cool to feel impact like that for sure. Tammy, what has been your biggest career achievement? So I think for me, being a leader and kind of having that ability to influence someone's experience at work um, and be able to provide coaching and development to help someone thrive and kind of find their passion within the workplace has been one of the most rewarding experiences for me. I get to coach on a daily basis. I've had the opportunity to work with a wonderful leadership team and a variety of individuals and have really built some meaningful relationships throughout my career. So that relationship piece and impact on experience for people is really the achievement that I've had and continue to strive for. Fantastic. Adrian, how about you? Yeah, I would say, you know, my answer is, is pretty similar to Tammy's. Moving up into leadership just in general has been something that I'm very proud of. And no matter the organization that I've been in, whether it was GM and I've been, you know, in other organizations as well, I've just been able to be fortunate to grow in my career. And then on that personal note as well, I get to mentor individuals and have mentored individuals along the way at different parts of my career and in different organizations. And that gives me personal satisfaction. So um, I just appreciate that. What works for the two of you about the mentor-mentee relationship you've built? Well, ultimately, we're friends. And so we're very much real with each other. We support each other. We lift each other up. But we're also very honest with each other. And sometimes we just give that feedback that maybe we both don't want to hear, but know they have to hear it. And so it's ultimately just a safe space between us. You got to yeah. hear when you have food in your teeth, right? Exactly. You want somebody to tell you. <laughs> exactly. If you don't have the transparency and trust in a mentor-mentee type relationship, I feel like you're not going to be able to make progress with one another. And to your point, sometimes I need Adrian to tell me I have something in my teeth on a, on a Teams meeting just so we can keep moving forward. So it is the only way we can grow. Great. Who 
is one celebrity, dead or alive, that you would want to have dinner with? So, Romy, you stole my person. And I'm not saying this because (laughs) she's our CEO, but Mary Barra all the way. I mean, she amazes me with everything she does as a leader. I find her truly inspirational. And I'm not sure when she sleeps, but I also want to know where she shops because the leather jackets she's wearing all the time are fantastic. So that would be my one person that I would be interested in having a meal with. No question. She is an amazing leader who also did this all while raising a family, an extraordinary woman. Absolutely. And Adrian, how about you? It's amazing. I mean, I agree. I would love to be able to have dinner or a lunch with Mary. Tammy and I also want to ask her where she gets her nails done. So when we talk about her nails done, she always has those good nails. But there's a couple other people that also come to mind for me, Princess Diana, just because of her humility, as well as her humanity. And and Oprah is another individual that also comes to mind. Just her story is so inspirational and the generosity that she just continuously shows Um, I would love to be able to have conversations with both of those awesome women as well. Amazing. Two people who not only showed humility, but really also were able to find a way to inspire people and help lift people up. Really great. Cecilia, could you tell us who's a celebrity that you would like to have (laughs) dinner with? Wow. Can I have like a group dinner? Definitely have a group dinner, but only if I'm invited. Oh yeah, you're you're invited for sure. And I think I would have a group dinner with these three women that I feel like are very inspirational: Angela Davis, uh, Joy James, and Miriam Kaba. They all do work in racial justice, transformative justice, abolition work, feminism. They're just really inspirational. Yeah, I would love to just like pick their brains and like understand how they came to be. And, and I would also want to know not just how they came to be, but how they sustain the energy to keep going. Exactly. Yes. All right. Well, my last question, and Andre, I'll go to you first. If you could go back nine years and tell yourself something on your first day at General Motors, what would your advice to yourself be? I'd probably tell myself maybe not to be too afraid to take on new tasks. Um, I feel like, especially when I started, I did have a little bit of like imposter syndrome, doubting if I was capable of doing this at the same level as everyone. And slowly I did overcome that. So I'd say that would be my advice to myself is like, maybe don't doubt yourself so much internally, like look at what other people are doing, uh, you know, pay attention to the questions people ask and realize that you can do it. You can be at that level, you know, volunteer for stuff, speak up in meetings, because it, it took me a while to break out of my shell like that. That's good advice. And it sounds like it was a really supportive environment that helped you find your way. Yes. Yeah. I've had great um, managers and leads. I remember when I joined one of the first meetings, some questions, and I went over to my lead and I asked these questions and he's like, you know, those are really good points. You should have said something in the meeting. And I was doubting myself, oh, you know, they must have already thought about this. And so getting that direct feedback of like, no, you have good input, speak up, that helped a lot. Yeah, for sure. All right, Nora, what would your advice be to younger Nora on day one at General Motors? It would be to trust myself and who I am and what got me to where I was. Like, look back and just think on, okay, what are your values and your strengths and have gotten you through college and through all your achievements and everything, just kind of sit back and think on those, write them down and use them to put out (laughs) the fears that you have 
and thinking that you've got to be like somebody else or act like someone else, like you've got those strengths and those traits and those skills already within you. And quite honestly, even though it appears, you know, like nobody looks like you in some areas, right? I came into an area of the company that that wasn't incredibly diverse at the moment. That's not a negative thing. You know, it's actually an advantage. Like you're actually like a rare gem, you know, and that is why you're here. And that is why you were hired because of these different traits and these different skills and strengths that you bring. You're a rare gem. So I tell myself that and use it to minimize any fear that I had and just feel motivation and boldness. Cecilia, you said you've only been with General Motors about a year, but Mm -hmm. if you could go back to yourself one year ago, what would you wish somebody had told you as you were finishing school and making a decision about where to work? Number one, I think I would tell myself to not be too hard on myself Like I said, I went into engineering and kind of like the STEM fields without any coding knowledge. I would even say I wasn't even great at math. So like first year, I definitely hit some roadblocks and stumbles along the way. And so I was kicking myself. I was like, why did I do this major? It's like making me pull my hair out. But then I was able to just take a deep breath and like take a step back, like, hey, maybe, you know, just don't be too hard on yourself. I wish I could tell myself like these first couple of years are going to be difficult. And that's because you just don't know things right now, but you will know. For me, listening, um, it's always easy for us to contribute ideas to a conversation. But as a leader or a mentor, it's really key for us to let people talk, to hear what they're saying and help guide them to get to the solution versus providing the solution in the conversation. Um, Being, you know, more a type A personality, sometimes jumping to the end right away is kind of where you think you want to go. But having that dialogue and interactive conversation is key. So as I look back, I think just listening more um, throughout conversations would be something I would give my younger self starting out. Good advice. Adrian, how about you? For me, it would be take risks and be more open-minded. And when I talk about being a risk taker, I sort of mean moving outside of my comfort zone because ultimately when I was pushed outside of my comfort zone and or pushed myself outside of my comfort zone, that's when I found the most growth, including, I'll be honest, the role that I'm in right now. It was completely outside of what I've done in the past and I am learning the most and feel the most challenged and it's been an awesome learning experience. So I would have taken more risks and pushed myself a little bit more. Love that. I had a manager who used to tell me the butterflies in your stomach, those are how you know you're alive. (laughs) I love that. It's true. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely true. So what would you both like to tell women who are thinking about starting a career or investigating a career at General Motors right now? I would tell them the time is now for females to join GM and for females to be able to succeed and lead in the automotive space. I think there has been so many sacrifices by professionals, including Mary and other awesome female leaders prior to us, and they've really kind of paved the way and paved the path forward. And so it's an awesome time to be a part of a company culture and the transformation that GM is going through with our mission of zero, zero, zero. And, you know, the time is now join us. We're excited. 
Yeah, I have to tack on to that and say, now's the time, do it. I mean, the opportunities with GM are endless. I started out saying I have fun every day at work. I think the company culture is amazing. Um, and our journey on an all-electric future is one of the most exciting experiences I've ever have been a part of. Being in the manufacturing space and you know, figuring out how manufacturing and we're going to be part of that electric future and drive that is absolutely exciting. And you could be a part of that innovation and our amazing team. So I would highly recommend anyone considering to jump on board. So you can have fun every day, be challenged, meet great mentors, and also help change the world. Absolutely. Exactly. (laughs) Join us. All right, ladies. Well, it's been amazing to hear about your journey at General Motors and certainly inspired me. And I hope it inspires lots of other women women engineers to pursue a career like the one you have. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on Fairy Godboss Radio. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and visit us at fairygodboss.com. See you next time.